Hey there, everybody, and welcome back for another edition of The Daily Drive presented by Ford Driving Skills for Life. My name's Mike Spack, and today with me, I've got Rob Smith. He is a Ford Driving Skills for Life behind-the-wheel driving instructor, but he's also a police officer in the metro Phoenix, Arizona area. He's been a police officer for over 20 years, and he's done everything from a typical traffic stop all the way through to teaching advanced driving techniques to other police officers. On top of all of that, he is a good friend and he's gonna be speaking to us today about the issues and there are a lot of issues with impaired driving. Uh, you might be surprised at some of the information he's going to give us. Again, that's Rob Smith up next on The Daily Drive. Rob, how are you doing? Hey, how are you, Mike? Good, good, good. I'm doing well. Uh, summer is rolling around. I know how hot it gets there in Phoenix. I lived there for 20 years and I miss it every day. I love that place. Uh, but that's not the only thing that's hot. Uh, a big old hot topic these days is impaired driving. Yeah, for sure. Give, us, for give sure. us your take on it. Well, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> Mike, the easiest way... I you know, we always think about impaired driving and Friday and Saturday nights. I will tell you the last one that I was involved in was about nine, 10 o'clock in the morning uh, on a Tuesday. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. Yeah, it sure sounds like it to me. Uh, what is impaired driving? How, how would you define it? So again, we, we, we tend to think about impaired driving as drugs and alcohol. Um, and, and it is, there are a lot of things that can cause an impairment, right? We, yeah. You know, as a new driver, we, we've got these little handy devices here that are attached to us. Um, that, that can cause an impairment. Um, we, again, you know, you, you say, well, one of the things we do, Mike, as you know, is we, we, we do these modules. We, we do these behind-the-wheel activities um, that we, you know, unfortunately, we've, we've had to get away from for now. Hopefully, you know, this will come back. Um, but for now, they, you know, we're doing these. But... I ask about, you know, the, 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 the young drivers about this exact question, what is an impairment? And, you know, they say, well, you know, drugs and alcohol, but I don't have to worry about that because I don't partake in, you know, so much, uh, you know, illegal drugs, but we tend to forget about, hey, how about the prescription drugs? How about the over-the-counter medications, right? Those can cause impairments. My favorite throwdown, Mike, is, is NyQuil, right? Or that type of uh, sleep aid. Um, that you might take, um, you know, that, that certainly could cause an impairment, uh, by no stress. So, so they're out there and we got to be aware of them. Yeah, for, for sure. I do like, uh, how a lot of the over the counter meds, they say pretty clearly, uh, you know, if you take this, uh, don't, don't operate heavy machinery. And I'm, I always assume, uh, when they say heavy machinery, what they really mean is, is cars. Although I suppose driving a front loader, uh, after taking an over-the-counter sleep med would be an issue. That could be a problem. Uh, yeah, yeah, it could. So um, talk a little bit more about impaired driving. So we know what can cause it. Uh, we know that over-the-counter meds could do it. We know that uh, illegal uh, drugs can do it. We know that 
uh, impairment can take place uh, when you're on the phone. Uh, we know alcohol can do it, but but what happens uh, when you're impaired? What is it affecting? So it's the cognitive aspect of driving that is problematic for us. Um, of course, the physical side is as well. Um, it's going to slow your reaction time down. That's what that. And driving is about reaction. Okay, you're you're in your environment. It's about reacting to it. Um, one of the things I talk about is driving is ninety percent mental, ten percent physical. That's not a number that just Officer Smith has come up with over here in the Phoenix area. This is a number that's that's that 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 is looked at nationally. So anything that's going to take away from that is problematic for us. So. We, you know, we, we need you behind the wheel. So the cognitive aspect of driving is 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 hindered by alcohol, drugs, cell phones. You know, it, it, most people don't realize that uh, when you're on a cell phone, you would exhibit the exact same same excuse me same signs and symptoms as a classically impaired driver. That being drugs and alcohol. I refer to the the drugs and alcohol as the classics. But there are just so many things out there. We need you behind the wheel 100% of the time, 100% of your capacity. Mike, one of the things I throw down there when I talk about uh, impairments is, and, and, and try to drive home the 90%, 10% rule, is most of our young drivers maybe have a younger brother or sister. Um, and I ask them, could that 12 or 13-year-old physically drive a car? Undeniably, the answer is yes. It absolutely is true. Um, they, they, they could do that. They've watched mom and dad start the car, shift it, do all these things, but they don't have the cognitive aspect to take it down the road yet, right? They're still developing that. That's where our 16 and 17 year olds, they are, they're, they're there. But now yeah. you, you add alcohol, you add a cell phone into it, you add these, what about friends, Mike? Could friends in a car bouncing off the ceiling? They're, they're all over the place. Could they cause an impairment? You bet they could. You bet yeah. they could. So we need you behind the wheel. And even for the parents, I always ask that question. You're driving home. It's late. You're, you're thinking about all the things that are going on or, you know, you just got a lot on your mind. And you go through that intersection and you think, what color was that like? Mike, has that ever happened to you? You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? You're like, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that light was green. Yeah. But you're so deep in thought. You've got so much going on. And you haven't even picked up a cell phone. You haven't picked up a drink. You haven't done a drug. But it's the cognitive aspect. So it's, that's an easy way to kind of relate to why we need you behind the wheel. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. That ability to concentrate and focus is critical. And mm -hmm. anytime that that's impaired, your ability to drive is impaired. So, so how do we let people know about this? I and mean, the daily drive is great. I love doing these. And when we have guests like you on here talking to people about impaired driving, that's fantastic. But are there any other ways that people can learn about this? You know, the governor's office of highway safety is one of them for sure. Um, the program obviously like this, um, you know, the, the uh, modules uh, that we would do, the behind the wheel driving is another one. Get it, get it, get the information anywhere you can. Yeah, yeah, for, for sure. I know that uh, most states, I think all states have GDLs or graduated driver licensing laws, and I'm sure that there's information in those as well. If you didn't see uh, the information at the bottom, it'll pop up again, a couple of websites that you all can go to. All right, so, so Rob, uh, we know where to get more information. Uh, we know how to educate, but let me let me kind of switch gears, so to speak, for a second. Mm -hmm. uh, you got a driver that's impaired. 
They're behind the wheel. They've made the bad decision to get behind the wheel. And it's based, I think, many times on they feel that it's just them that's taking the risk. But that's not always the case, is it? An impaired driver can put many folks at risk. Can you speak to that a little bit? Absolutely. Um, you, first off, if you've got somebody that is impaired, you, you need to strongly encourage them. Now, I'm not telling you to put yourself in a position where you might get injured or hurt or anything like that as far as trying to step up to encourage them to not drive. Um, but let's start there. We, we need to try to make sure that they don't get behind the wheel. But certainly you don't want to you don't want to make a bad decision worse by then you getting in a car. Um, you're, you're traveling at 65 miles an hour or 55 miles an hour down the highway, whatever it might be, um, with somebody behind the wheel that's not fully there, you're, you're just as susceptible to getting hurt or injured. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And how about, uh, other drivers on the road? I got to assume that they're at risk and don't even realize it and might not be able to do anything about it. Are there any strategies, uh, for drivers that are out on the road? You, you had mentioned earlier that, uh, the last impaired driving stop you made was at right around 10 in the morning on a Tuesday. But if there are, are there uh, more dangerous times, maybe other drivers on the road can can strategize when not to drive? There are. There, you know, there's the old saying, nothing good happens after midnight, right? Perhaps you've heard that. Um, it, it is truly something to consider um, as a parent. Um, but certainly the hours between, say, midnight and four or five, uh, AM are, are hours that you need to be aware of. Um, it is the impaired drivers do tend to pick up on those areas. But again, it's important to recognize and be aware of your surroundings because they can happen anywhere. Mike, it wasn't actually a traffic stop that I did a Tuesday. It was a collision. Nobody oh, was wow. hurt, fortunately. Um, but your impaired driver collided with another driver on a Tuesday. So that's one of the reasons you got to be aware. That's why you put the cell phone. Could stereos cause an impairment? Of course, it could. We got to focus. We got to. We got to focus. This. It's important to note. It's easy as I sit here and we talk about this, and other viewers listen to this. Is that don't think of this as a cop problem. This is not a police issue. This is a societal issue. Law enforcement does not travel on separate roads than everybody else. Yeah. So when I stand up here, I always try to remember or remind people that is. Collectively, as, we, uh, as a group that we're sitting here, this is all of our issue that we share. And by the way, it's a, it is a phone call to uh, the police department um, if you suspect somebody around you is impaired. So you've mentioned a couple of times that we have modules. And yeah. I know that you're referring to our simulated folks. That's simulated impaired <laughs> uh, driving on our four driving skills for life hands-on programs. And Rob... Uh, you're one of the best leads that we've ever had on that program. Uh, what do you talk about in the program on that module, and what's the module about? Okay, well, thanks for the compliment, Mike. I do appreciate <laughs> that. I, I do have a passion for this. Um, I, I, I love teaching young adults. I love teaching driving. Uh, anything to do with wheels, I love doing. The module specifically is um, Ford has developed a, a program that allows kids to experience um, being impaired. Now, of course, we're, we're doing this in a simulated fashion. So we have what's called fatal vision, drunk goggles. You, there, there's a, a bunch of different names out there. Uh, beer goggles. We, we would put you in these goggles. One of the newer technologies, we're using also virtual reality 
which adds a whole different twist to it. I, I, I actually really love those. We put you in weighted suits. We put you in type of uh, uh, armbands and things of that nature that restricts your movement. Okay, because driving is, it, it does have a physical aspect of it. You have to be able to control the car. And then we're going to run you through some field sobriety tests. Those are standardized across the country, as I understand Canada and South, parts of South America as well. Um, we, we don't, Mike, ask you to say your alphabet backwards. Can you do it? <laughs> Just curious. I, can I do it right now? No, yes, I no. can't. I'm not even going to try, Rob, but <laughs> no, I can't. Uh, but I can see why those mechanisms that we use really only affect you physically. And so uh, the teens that come through and their parents, cognitively, they're fully aware of what's going on. But, but tell me the results, even though we're just having them put on these elements that affect them physically, how do most people come away from this? Oh, it's, it's a great experience. Uh, we get great feedback because one thing that we also do is we'll put you in with an instructor inside a vehicle and we'll actually have you drive a vehicle with the fatal visual goggles on. So it is, it is quite an experience. But again, we're not getting into the cognitive aspect of your brain. This is just skewing your vision, maybe limiting your mobility to some degree. And they, unfortunately, fortunately, however you want to look at that, depending on which side of the fence you're on, fail miserably. Now, it's important to note, Mike, I will always ask in the crowd, I will always ask in, my, in this module, who plays sports? Because I try to get somebody... We'll, we'll, we run out, obviously, a lot of people through it, but I'll do one big demo where I talk about how we do what we do and why we do what we do. Um, but I'll get somebody that is physically active, football, soccer, volleyball, and I'll get them up there. I love to get gymnasts up there, Mike. Those are yeah. a lot of fun because, right, they can stand on a balance beam. We know we've seen, we've seen the Olympics, right? And I love to get them up there and watch them try to go through this. And it, it, it really drives the point home. Uh, it, it does. I've seen it many times myself. And uh, for any teens that might be watching this, it's not about making you look silly. Uh, if I no, put those no. goggles on and that suit on, I'm going to fail miserably as well. It's, uh, it's just a simple fact that if you're impaired, uh, chances are you're going to have uh, an issue. So let me ask you this, Rob. As a police officer, what do you look for uh, when you're uh, doing your typical drive down the road? Uh, I, I know you guys are busy doing all kinds of stuff, but what draws your eye in terms of impairment? Well, let me, I'll answer that, but let me start by this. Most of your viewers are probably not aware that impairment is so prevalent in our society, despite all of the things that we've done, that every traffic stop an officer does uh, with quite a, let's just say with, with quite a bit of accuracy, we're looking for an impaired driver. Every traffic. So when I walk up to your car and I say, good afternoon, good morning, whatever, can I see your license, registration, insurance? I'm leaning into you. I'm trying to get that odor. I'm seeing, I'm reading your eyes. I'm looking, there's, there's a lot of things that we're looking at. But before that, to your point, Mike, is we're looking at your driving behavior. And it's not hard to spot. You, you, you know, with, with the 10 minutes of, of time, I could pretty much educate most people on what, they're, what we're looking for. It's, it's not rocket science, but we're looking for people that are obviously weaving. Some of the more subtle clues are people that don't leave 
the light. The light turns green. We might hesitate as a good driver would, but then we hesitate even longer because the, there's a disconnect between the mind and the body, if you will. Um, you might stop way before the red light or the stop sign, right? You may not, you may stop at the stop sign and then go. You know, funny story, long time ago was stopping somebody at a stop sign. And I said, well, how are you? And we get to talking about it because people do have other issues. There's medical issues and things like that. It's not always impaired. Yeah. But uh, that driver told me they were waiting for the stop sign to turn green. <laughs> you know, we can laugh about it. Nobody was hurt. We, we took care of that problem. But wow. it is that prevalent. Um, we're seeing the numbers. We're seeing the numbers. And, and we just need to be aware of that. Yeah, it's a good thing they didn't go on to hurt anybody. Probably, mm -hmm. uh, probably good that you ended up stopping them. So um, any last any last words on impaired driving? Anything more you want to you wanna say? So it's a slippery slope, as they say. So the, the, one of the main points when everybody leaves that module we were referring to earlier or leaves this video is I want you to make a conscious decision. If you hear nothing else um, about what we're talking about today, um, and here's the heavy side of it, is, is, is I want you to make a decision to not drive impaired. I'm not asking you to not drink and drive. I'm not asking you to take drugs, drugs and drive. I'm asking you to not drive impaired. Okay. There's, we, we determined there's a lot of things and we could go on for Mike, you know me, I could go on for an hour in this video and, and cover a 10th of it. Um, but I want you, I want everybody to make a conscious decision. We all share the same roads. We all share that responsibility as a new driver. It is very important that we, 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 we embrace that. Put the cell phones down. Use the apps to turn those off, um, to turn those cell phones off so we don't get disrupted by that. Put it out of sight and sound. Make sure we get plenty of sleep. Sleep deprivation, Mike. How about that for an impairment, huh? Yeah. These oh, young yeah. drivers, they go to school. They go to college. I always tell them, if you're, if you're not busy, you're going to get busy. Um, you know, and it's only going to get worse going into college. I, I, you know, got to make sure you get some sleep. At least, unfortunately, I tell the parents, you know, track, do a little bit of tracking on your kids. Make sure they're in that room getting some sleep. Okay. Make sure they're getting their eight hours. Or if it's the case of my son, he needs about 12. But anyway, make sure they're getting what they need. Right. We all share that responsibility. Okay. Nobody, I've not been out on a serious collision involving alcohol, drugs, or some type of impairment where they've said that this is what they intended to do when they got dressed Friday night. It's that yeah. slippery slope. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Rob, it's That's really good to side. see you. Uh, say that again. That's the heavy side, Mike. So yeah, I know. No, for sure. That's a, that's a bad deal when it goes down that way. It's really good to see you though, man. Um, and, and good talking with you. Uh, hopefully we'll be able to, to do another one of these soon. Take care it. out there and we'll talk again. See ya. Fantastic. Bye now. So I thought that was really good information from Rob. Again, uh, if you want even more information, obviously uh, you can watch some more of these daily drive interviews because this isn't the only time that we're going to be covering this. But check out the information down below here. Uh, all three of these websites are terrific sources uh, of, of information. And then finally, uh, what are we about? What is the daily drive about? Well, it's part of the four driving skills for life a greater educational umbrella. Look, 
Uh, we're not talking down to you, okay? We're just trying to help you to be a safer driver. I know we're adults, uh, but we've got some experience uh, and not all that experience is good. Uh, we learn from our mistakes and we're trying to pass those on to you before you have problems. Uh, how did the Ford Driving Skills for Life program start? Well, it's part of Ford's philanthropic arm, the Ford Motor Company Fund, and they provide all of this education free of charge. Where can you get more info, more info specifically on the Driving Skills for Life program? Uh, pretty simple. You can go to our website at drivingskillsforlife.com. And from there, you can navigate over to our academy. The academy has a series of videos. Those videos have helpful hints for teens on how to be safer drivers. Uh, you'll see several of our instructors giving you that information. But hey, uh, you folks that are in education and you parents that are trying to help your teens to become safer drivers, it's a great resource for you as well. This is Mike Speck for The Daily Drive signing off. Please stay safe. Please stay healthy. And we'll see you here the next time. Thank you.